Bright Sounds, the voice of Brightworld. Hi Remco, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. No, thanks for being here. Um, we're obviously going to talk more about um, Scarborough, but I know that you began face-to-face -face learning for all students this week. So obviously wanted to start by asking you how your teaching staff and very importantly, how your students have been getting on during this first week back. Yeah. Well, I, first, first of all, I think everybody was really, really excited. Um, the, 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 the disappointment at first, uh, back in January, it was quite sort of palpable in many ways, you know, because we, we had no idea. Everybody was very excited. Then we're getting back to school, you know, back to school is such a thing, isn't it? And, um, and then all of a sudden in the evening or sort of late in the afternoon, it was, it was, it was all sort of going pear-shaped and, and everybody was really disappointed, despondent almost. And that's been building up in a way. And now it's just really, really exciting. The weather's good as well, which helps. Um, and it's just great to see the kids back in school again. Um, we've made a really important decision, I think, to get children outside as much as possible as well, to get them involved in outside education as much as inside education. So lots of sports, lots of what we have, like Yorkshire Grit and, and enrichment programs. Um, and it's added to the funding anyways, because we basically just said to teachers, where you can, what can you do to get them away from the screen? Um, you know, what kind of lessons can you do outside? And so it's added to, to, to the funding anyways. And, um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been really, really great. And that's a really great idea of what you say, getting them outside, um, but also getting, you know, changing the format slightly of the lessons for the first week or so, I, that sounds like it's going to do wonders for their mental health, which obviously we, we're very concerned about as, as much as their physical health and mm. also their studies is, is, is such a big deal for them going back to that face-to-face -face learning, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, our position has always been, we're, we've, we've kept academics going the entire time and if, if anything, but we just don't buy into this idea that they need catch-up. We, we're, just, we're just not seeing it at the moment. So the, the, the results, that, that they don't seem to suggest that they need catch-up. What they need is to re-engage with their friends and to, and to just enjoy going to school again. Um, and and if, so if, if any catch-up is required, it's, it's really just that. You know, teamwork, playing sports, enjoying school, uh, getting involved in, in, in drama things uh, again, uh, maybe not a full 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 on play or anything like that, but just just to get them engaging with each other again, um, face to face, because right. their mindset has to be right. If you, if you're going to talk about catching up in, in 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 an academic sense, for example, your mindset has to be right. And what we've done so far for the last let's say two two months is we've had them behind the screen the entire time basically. And, um, and we need to get them away from that screen and, uh, and get the mindset right, get them to enjoy school, and then everything else will follow. Um, well, I agree, and it sounds great, and certainly something that we're trying to encourage all of our students, not only those at Scarborough College, but mm. all of our students who have been online learning 
for such a long period of time now. So it sounds really, really important what, what you guys are doing. Uh, so, but I haven't visited the town of Scarborough myself, um, but I have heard on the grapevine that it's known for its its spirit, its real spirit and sense of community. Um, and I wondered if you could tell us a bit more about how that's really come into play during these recent times and during the pandemic. Yeah, well, actually, it's it's interesting. We um we got a we got a letter the other day. Oh, I got a letter the other day from from a from a man called Sidney Lipman. Uh, I've been on the I've been on the phone with him back in the Second World War. Uh, the Scarborough College, the buildings at Scarborough College, got commandeered by the by the RAF. Uh, all the boys, because it was then a boys' school, the, all the boys were relocated. They had to leave, and and the RAF took took hold of the buildings. And uh, we got a phone call from from Mr. Lipman, who thought he had lived here, uh, but he wasn't one hundred percent sure because he was so young at the time. Um, and he served in the uh, Royal Engineers, um, and and he sent us the pictures. And the one thing that he that he spoke of also on the phone, but when he sent the letter as well, is just the community spirit. He lives, he lives down south, he lives in Brighton. And he just remembers the, the people of the town uh, coming to work, you know, coming to the building and, and, and plying them with, with, with food and, and drinks and, and gifts, uh, even though they had no idea who was, who, who, you know, who was inside. And it just, stuck, it just stuck with him. And I think we can see that again right now. Um, it's, it's a small community. You know, Yorkshire in, in many ways is, a, is a, obviously is a, sort of a rural uh, community in many in many parts, but also Scarborough is a very small community. There have been so many uh, community initiatives going on. I mean, all over the country, of course, we, we, you know, they're well documented, but also very small ones where you know people people just sort of people just sort of forget. I mean, even pupils of ours. Uh, there's one pupil, for example, who started running. Uh, every day, and he, he does this. He does this um, this thing where he's running. I think it's he wants to run five thousand miles or something in, in a year. Wow. I think it's yeah. I know it's some, that is that's impressive. Yeah, in, in order to raise in order to raise money, and he also said well, it's, it's good to keep to keep fit and to keep active and, and stuff. And it's and it's tons of these little community projects that are that are that are going on everywhere, and people have really sort of come together again. Uh, to to yeah to rally around this, and we may not all agree with some of the some of the some of the things that are being put in place, but we are all looking after each other and, and making sure that we keep safe and, and that people are looked after. I mean, so many even that's just small things, isn't it? Where people have knocked on each other's doors to ask if they need someone to to pick up some groceries or or you know, is there anything you need? And 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 that's been really quite yeah quite fantastic actually to see that. And I think it's really nice to to hear. I mean, we spoke just before we came on the podcast about how active Scarborough College has, have, has been involved during the pandemic with helping. Um, we'll talk about the PPE help that the school mm. did in, in the first lockdown a bit later. But I know you you've had quite an exciting invitation um, from the, from the NHS. Is that right? A clinical trial. Yeah, that's right. It's only just been uh, just been approved a couple of days ago. So, uh, so actually, it's a, it's a <laughs> what, do you, what do you call that? You're the first one. Uh, even the parents don't don't, don't know exactly. So Bright World has it's the a scoop. Team. I know Bright World got the scoop. <laughs> so uh, the NHS reached out some time ago um, to to look for 
places or schools uh, in particular to run clinical trials for what they call the seven-day um, test, or this, uh, I think it's seven-day um, uh, testing phase. So if, if a pupil in the school, uh, right now, if currently a pupil in the school tests positive, then all the close contacts of that pupil also have to isolate, mandatory. The clinical trials are there to seek whether we can allow those close contact pupils to come into the school every morning to get tested every morning. And then if they have a negative test at that point, to then roll back into school. And the good thing about this is, of course, it, it combats school absence. Um, it, it just means that even the close contacts, right now, at this point, right now, they would have to go home and stay at home for, for quite a long time. With, if these clinical trials work, it would mean that only the pupil who is positive would have to quarantine. That's going to and be really yeah, we're, 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 at the moment we're the only independent school in the country that is being considered for this. Uh, there's a, there's a few other schools, but, but we're the only independent school. So yeah, we're quite proud. I think you um, definitely to be, to be should be very, very proud of, of that. And I know that we, we spoke also about how you your your staff and your team have got their heads around the testing, you know, the mass testing that's had to happen to get students back to school initially. So I can certainly see that you're really going to excel and, and hopefully help the government to put this this seven day release or this new mm. uh, new process in place for the students across the UK. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the testing was uh, even even the one that we that we had originally planned for January, we were quite confident that we that we had the right systems in place. Uh, of course, we continue to test all the, the key worker children and all our boarding pupils who, who remain in the school. We, we tested them throughout this, uh, this lockdown every every week. Uh, it was a bit of a different a different uh, uh, situation when we had to test everybody on Monday. Uh, we had 16 bays prepared, um, and but it, again, it went off. It went off without a hitch. Uh, luckily, no one tested positive, which is also uh, that's that's just fortunate. In that was going to be my next question, Remco. <laughs> no, we tested the entire senior school, uh, and and no one tested positive. Uh, that does help, of course, but you know, for things to progress quite nicely. Um, but yeah, it was a logistical. Uh, uh, jigsaw puzzle, of course, with, with everything you're testing because you know you test, but at the same time you need to make sure that pupils don't start mixing um, even within their bubble because then then if there is a positive test, then the whole point of what you're doing is rendered useless almost. Um, so yeah, it went it went really well, and I think a lot of parents were were quite impressed um, with with how with how it went. And before lunch, or well before lunch, we had all the pupils in lessons on monday morning so just just what the parents want and also the yeah. students i'm sure so well it seems we're finally seeing the end you know the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of lockdowns we hope fingers crossed so ca but can you tell us a bit more about how you handled the closure of schools so that first closure of schools back in march last year and how your students have coped in the last lockdown yeah I mean, the, the first the first lockdown was a real. We knew it was going to happen at at some at one point. We we kind of knew it was going to happen, but we didn't know what it meant. You, you know, like in a practical sense, what does it mean? Like now, everybody says lockdown. We have an image of what it is, but back then it was really, can they do that? And how does that work? And it was and it was really. 
And so from, we almost had, you had your sort of personal affairs to deal with, um, but you also had, we had school, uh, school work to deal with. And we were lucky in the sense that we are a Google school, which means every child uh, in year group five and above has a Chromebook. All the work is set online anyway. Um, so we could change to online learning quite, quite quickly. Um, but not all, I mean, certainly teachers, they're not digital natives. Right? <laughs> and, and so some teachers need a little bit more help than others. Um, but I think as a community, we, we really sort of came together and said, right, how are we going to make this a success? Because this is the situation that we're in. We have no choice. And, and we really need to think of our pupils. We really need to think of their experience sitting behind the screen all day, every day, and how it's going to affect them. And so we developed a program, which at that time we called the, uh, the uh, summer term lockdown, which, which had many aspects that also took them away from the screen. Um, we had a lockdown journal, for example, which they could keep where they could, and they had challenges, like almost like a bingo scorecard. We had all these different challenges. I love bingo, so that, that would oh, be Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything that's gamified is, 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 is immediately, so, so one of them, for example, was, uh, you know, helping your parents with, uh, with the cooking, you know, and then you could write down what you did. And, and, and lots of children started sending in pictures as well of, of them cooking, um, which is, and so, again, you know, you talk about community, for example, that, that was one of them. The other one was uh, this app called Strava, where you can record your, your, your runs, for example. So you go yes, for a run. No, I love Strava. I'm yeah, exactly. to run, finally run the marathon this year after half of attempting to. So that's very, very cool that your students are on Strava. Yeah, uh, yeah. So what we did, we, we just rolled it out amongst all the, all the different year groups and, and just started challenging them uh the um another challenge that we did was a was a <laughs> it was a really a rather daft challenge where they would have to scale mountains but in their own house so the the, the dov coordinator would calculate how many it started with really small hills and then eventually wanted to go up to sort of mount everest and then he sort of calculated how big was a hill or a mountain and how many how many um uh, how many times did you have to walk the stairs up and down in, in order to scale it, and all the kids just get involved. And it, was, and it was things like that where it was, a lot of it was very amateurish and very off, off the cuff and, and, and many things. But it was, it engaged pupils and it engaged staff. But then we fast forward to the second lockdown, or the third, sorry. Um, and all of a sudden, of course, you know, people come to expect more and, and that sort of thing. But the other thing I, 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 I do want to say is that we never considered the school to be closed. And I think that's a real important sort of change in narrative as well. And I know some people have also on social media, they really sort of rallied against it. Didn't they? Like, schools are not closed. I'm a teacher, schools are not closed. I'm still teaching my, my pupils. And we, we took that to heart as well. So look, school is not closed. We're gonna still do sports. We're gonna look after our boarding pupils. Uh, we're not gonna make them go home. We're, we're, gonna, keep, we're gonna keep everything running but within, obviously within the, within the confines of what we're allowed to do. Um, but we insist school is not closed. Um, and, uh, and I think that, I think that helped in the way that we communicated with our pupils as well. Not everything was done via screens. We also just called them up. You know, we called parents, 
So tutors, for example, call parents and just say, how are you doing? Just, how are you coping? It's, it's, it's hard teaching at home. It's, it's, it's hard being online. And, and I uh, think the, the international borders as well, us as guardians, we have students at Scarborough and it's so impressive and helpful. And the overseas parents, I think, it really appreciate you, you staying open throughout mm. the, the whole experience since March last year. I think that that is really testament to the school um, because, as you say, it is their home in the UK and, and some schools haven't been able to stay open haven't been able to keep their boarding houses open for various reasons it doesn't necessarily mean that the school isn't good it's just facilities and staffing it hasn't been possible but for for Scarborough College to remain open uh, I think it's really important and overseas parents and partner agents overseas won't forget that no no I I I agree with you it has been really important I think the, the first thing you need to accept when you are a boarding school of course is that if you can, of course, if you are in a position that you that you are able to do so, you need to provide care. Um, you need to look after these pupils. They are, at least, that's the way we consider it. They are vulnerable. Um, they're not with their parents. Their parents are overseas, so you need to look after them. And we were in that position. We we talked to the boarding community, so the, the, the housemasters, housemistresses. I'm one. I'm one myself. Um, and there was never a doubt in our minds. Um, you know, and even so over half term, for example, we, we remained open. My wife and I ran, ran the house for, the, for that week. And it was never a doubt in our minds. It's like we chose, we've chosen to work in boarding. Uh, we've chosen to work at a boarding school. I think, no, I think it's, it's really impressive and really helpful for us as guardians as well, because obviously with boarding houses closing, um, it's not so, so bad now because we have time. But on that first lockdown, all on the same day, Obviously, yeah. it was it was difficult, um, but we managed to make sure that all of our students went to their host family, or we had a residential program as well. But it was certainly a challenging time um, that we won't be forgetting in a hurry. But <laughs> moving on to your rugby club, so I um, have also heard that it has it or it has had another quite important function more recently. So, can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got quite close ties with, with many different sports clubs and things in the community anyway. We've talked about them. Uh, the rugby club is actually uh, chaired by, uh, by a governor of ours. Um, and it was built by one of our former parents. <laughs> so, so we have many, many links there. We have also got two PGC students at the moment who play rugby there. Well, no, under normal circumstances, they would. Um, the rugby club was, um, was allocated as a, as a vaccination center. Uh, and and we, sort of, we sat down with the, the uh, aforementioned governor and he raised the concern that quite a lot of people in the area couldn't get to the rugby club um, unless they paid quite a lot of money for taxis and things. And, uh, and we said, well, our, our minibuses are, are, are just standing there and they're doing nothing. So why don't we start, why don't we start driving them? So we got in touch with Age UK, which was mainly sort of the, the, the go-to organization. And Age UK gave us a list of people who might require assistance. And so we've been driving people backwards and forwards to the rugby club. At, at, peak, at the peak, we had four minibuses driving on and off, uh, uh, helping people to get to their vaccinations. And um, 
And in the midst, we, we, we also got vaccinated ourselves, which is quite, quite funny because the, the people there, the coordinator there approached me, for example, because I did a couple of runs. And she said, well, you need to understand, you are now frontline staff. And, uh, and as yeah, such, I think you should... How that would work, yeah. but obviously it would make sense that you yeah. did then become frontline staff almost overnight. Yeah, exactly. So our minibus drivers, so our, our, our regular minibus drivers, have all been vaccinated now. Um, because they drove a lot of people, of course. I, I only did a few trips. So when she, wrote, when she asked me about it, I, I gave mine away to, uh, to someone I know was very, very concerned. Uh, about her health and, and and i'm well less concerned in that respect i've had covid and and it's not a picnic but i'm okay and um happy to hear that yeah yeah i still can't smell anything now so, uh, i know it's it's dreadful actually it just <laughs> it's been it's been that way since november it's um it's uh it's quite bad in that respect so yeah like i said it's not a picnic but i'm fine and i know someone who's absolutely yeah, I was really, really concerned, and um, and I said, well, you know, you you have mine basically. Um, but so so yeah, and and the people that we've been driving around have been so, um, they they really they, they they really loved it. They, you know, it's it's uh, even I could have made some extra money because the number of times I've I've been asked to 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 accept you know ten pounds or <laughs> as a tip. <laughs> bribes <laughs> and well, that was at the end so it was fine they were like no 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 you, you must because this is a big you know and, and it's true for them it, it, it's they were panicking about how to get to their vaccinations so you can understand that when that's all solved it's a big deal it's a big load of their mind a uh, big weight of their minds because they may have children but they may live far away they don't want to Ask them to drive up from Sheffield to Scarborough to, you know, because you're breaking the rules, for example. And it's it's just that there's a lot of logistics there. Well, it sounds as if you've helped in in more ways than one. I know you in the first lockdown you were building and making lots of PPE, face masks, visors as well, yeah. and then being able to help not only with the vaccination um, rollout, but then again with this new clinical trial. It's, yeah. it's all pretty impressive stuff, Remco, I have to say. But um, <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for, for joining us. And I My hope pleasure. that you and the rest of the teaching staff, your boarding, uh, your boarding staff and your students get a bit of time to relax and celebrate, really, an excellent and a successful first week back. Yeah. So yeah, no, absolutely. We're, we're looking forward to it as well. We've got an Easter brunch coming up uh, this weekend for the for the boarding community. So that's going to be quite that's fun. Very exciting. Yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We're already making the decorations right now. Um, so yeah, well, all, the, all those mundane things, yeah, they go on as well. Right? To have a bit of a celebration um, yeah. and to have a nice Easter break. Um, yeah. But anyway, I hope to speak again soon and please do keep us informed Absolutely. of how this trial goes uh, we're really excited to hear that we're going to be sharing a lot of news um, about how Scarborough College has been helping on the Bright World website um, for anyone that's listening that wants to have a look um, and yeah thanks again Remco and enjoy enjoy the rest of the week my pleasure thank you very much for having me on and, no uh, and all the best all the best to you as well thank you very much Thank you for listening to Bright Sounds, a podcast from Bright World Guardianships. 
If you're interested in finding out more about anything we've discussed today, please visit our website www.brightworldguardianships.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more. Bright Sounds is available as a podcast on major podcast platforms or by subscribing directly to us on Podbean. Please look forward to more fascinating interviews and discussions with our Brightwell team and expert guests. Take care and we'll hear from you at our next Bright Sounds podcast.